0: They showed me as a, like a movie, what we have today that compares to what they were doing back then is virtual reality. So you would see something like you were in it. You know, when you, have you ever put on a VR headset and you just feel like you're immersed in it. And they showed me my whole family being beheaded in front of me. If I told anyone that that's what would happen. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't talk about it because I didn't want to be responsible for harming my harm coming to my family or my friends. I mean.
1: I was just a sister, a kid, kid, kid. All things continually lead back to serpents, dragons, fairies, Nephilim, and fallen angels. In the distance looms a mystical mountain. As Mike Kaiser used to say, if it's in the Bible and it's weird, it's probably important. At its peak, a great fire burns, concealing the prometheus lens
2: this this development of this knowledge that's being talked about within the mystery schools an
1: ancient artifact said to reveal the hidden truth within a deliberately darkened world there's a hidden history that's been deliberately obfuscated from the people's the world join us as we travel and explore the vast unknown it's a hero's journey with dragons to slay damsels to save and innumerable treasures to hoard torches high. The Smithsonian, they caught wind of a giant skeleton. They would send
2: their agents out to get it.
1: But it takes courage to move forward, to move out of the shadows, out of the uh, unreality that we think of as reality.
2: We are all on the hero's journey.
1: Mankind has been in contact with and influenced by extraterrestrials. Leave the sitch mound of bull feathers out of it. You know, look at it from a different perspective. A different perspective. Different perspective. Different perspective. Different perspective,
2: different perspective. What's happening and what is up? Hold out your glass because we're about to fill it up. Welcome to the Prometheus Lens Podcast, the place where the conversations are always enlightening. I'm your host, Justin. You may know my works from the Dig Bible podcast. Welcome to the Hero's Journey, my solo project, where we use the Prometheus lens as an allegory to take a second look at interesting topics. So thank you for coming along. Today, we have a very uh, interesting episode and very uh, very trending with the news and things like that going on recently. I'm here with an author that has... Uh, had some experiences and these are things that are very difficult to talk about. So you definitely be praying for this woman and uh, encourage her along. But the day I have on the show, Karen Wilkinson, you know, she will not only share her chronicle of her life and experiences, but she will also provide her insights and and motives of extraterrestrial beings. She will delve into the reasons behind the actions and challenges that they encounter and the intricate web of deceit that they weave in their interactions with humanity. So, today we have Karen Wilkinson, and she's just authored a new book called The Stolen Seed.
0: Yeah, the book is called Stolen Seed Evil Harvest, um, published through LA Marzuli's publishing company, Spiral of Life. And right now it's available exclusively at lamarzulli.net. We will have it out in other outlets later, but for the first time, first edition we want to do exclusively through LA's website and through the different conferences and things that we attend. So, um, we're very excited to have it done, to have it out. It was a, um, project that God put on my heart to do after I had met LA and interviewed with him and was in his UFO, um, disclosure movie, the, fourth I don't know if you can see that there's a lot of glare the fourth in the series Um, and um, as he says I became the kind of tent pole for that movie and we had four of us in that movie who had really similar experiences of abduction experiences with alien entities throughout our lives so the book is about my lifelong experiences as a UFO abductee and how I was how I was freed from that, for lack of a better word, how I was able to stop that when I rededicated my life to Jesus and I was able to use the authority of through of Jesus to stop the abductions. And And now since then, since I've put this out there and since the movie, I've been able to talk to other abductees and help them figure out how to stop this from happening because no one needs to have this happen. I mean, there, I had somebody ask me the other day, is there a hierarchy of all these beings? I was like, yeah, there is, but there's one at the top, and that's Jesus, and no one is above him. So sorry if I'm getting a little too, you know, religious on y'all, but um, that's the truth, and that's what stops these.
2: Amen. And that's another thing, Amen. you know, as I mentioned coming in was, you know, me and you, we've been friends on Facebook and social media, and, and we've talked for several months back and forth, and this, so... Yep we're putting some uh, faces to friends, like we talked about pre-roll yes. here. So you right. know, I, you're not just a, an author or a guest, you're, you're a friend. <laughs> and I want you to feel welcome and uh, want you to know too, how much I appreciate you coming forward and you telling your story because there's so many people out there going through different experiences and they don't want to talk about them because they feel isolated or or, or shameful, or afraid, or, or whatever the case may be. But all it takes is one or two to step forward, and it encourages in, these people and emboldens them and gets them the, the help that they desperately needs. But so, thank you. I know this is this is not something that's going to be easy or enjoyable for you. You're, you're relieving some trauma.
0: Oh yeah, it's it, you know, it's kind of there's a lot of facets to this because writing the book was really hard because I was reliving and having to really recall details of memories that I have pushed down for so long and allowing myself to safely remember things. And um, it was an emotional roller coaster. but at the same time, it was very cathartic because I was able to continue to process what happened and continue to heal from it. And God was allowing me to heal from it as I was writing. And it was just amazing because he put on my heart every day, every morning, every afternoon, every evening, go write, go write, go write. And I'm like, Lord, what am I going to write? And, and God's just write the truth. The truth is really easy to write. And I'm like, I'm not even sure what to do. And I'd sit down and it would just, I would just write. And I know it's not automatic writing or anything like that. It was just spirit led and inspired. And it was just me writing what happened in my life, things I never thought I would share with anyone. And some things I didn't, I did hold back quite a bit in the book. Because I didn't want to trigger anyone or hurt you know bring up bad memories for anyone any more than you know necessary to tell my story. Um, I left a lot of things out just, just because I wanted to keep it as light as possible. It's still pretty heavy, but, but I didn't want to say anything that might put someone into a state of um, you know just being upset or, or bringing up old bad memories for someone who has been an experiencer or an abductee. Um, but it was very cathartic in a way. And yeah, it's very hard to talk about, like I'll have an interview and I'll be just fine. And after this, I'll go somewhere and have my little cry fest if I need it. Um, because it's a lot, it's, it's a lot to, to relive, but it's important Mm -hmm. and not to ramble on and on, but I think it's important that we start making it okay to talk about this so that people can do two things that they can heal from it and that they can stop it. And if we're not talking about it, then we can't do those things. Right. And there's enough people out there trying to say that I'm crazy or anyone else who talks about this is crazy. Well, it happened. It happened to me and it happened to my friends and the people I've met. And no, we're not all crazy. So stop victim shaming us and start accepting the fact that we've been through a trauma and we deserve to heal.
2: And one thing too, I'd like to preface before we get too deep into this for, for those that are listening. And that are skeptical. And if you are, if you happen to be a Christian, just because something sounds out of the ordinary for you or something that you've not experienced, don't have that dogmatic, closed minded attitude going into things like this. Because if I need to remind you, the Bible which we profess and believe in has a man dying and resurrecting after three days, healing the lame, ascending to heaven. There's many things that are out of the quote unquote normal realm to our faith that we just accept and believe every single day. So these things that we're going to talk about today are not out of that realm whatsoever. So you need to have an open mind and, and just, uh, and, and hear the, hear these matters out.
0: Right. Thank you for saying that. And yeah, I mean, the Bible has men walking through walls and releasing men from chains and prisons mm-hmm. and standing in the middle of blazing fires and ascending and descending to heaven and back. And appearing and disappearing in different forms and it has talking donkeys and everything you can imagine. So before you dismiss this, my book is full of scriptural references that back up the things that I'm talking about and um, the experiences that I've had because As L.A. Marzulli likes to say, the Bible is our guidebook to the supernatural. And Mm -hmm. people are starting to figure that out. And the more people figure that out, the more pushback there is to that. But the more people figure that out, the more they're really going to get into the word and start looking and seeking and finding amazing stuff in there. you know. And then researching more. I mean, the more you look, the more you want to look. The more you read, the more you want to read. It's just one of those things when you get started, you can't stop. I probably have 17 different kinds of study Bibles here because I love it. And I am not a Bible scholar and I can't quote lots of scriptures, but I do love the word and I love the Psalms and I love the prayers and just everything about it. And I love the fact that we have a free gift of salvation right here for us. And, And what that does is free us from things like this, things that are unspeakable. You know, and I know terrible things happen to people all the time, and people are like, "Well, why would a loving God let these things happen?" When we live in a sinful world, I mean, we were fallen, and we can't control what other people do, but we can control what we do, and we control how we we can control how we react to it. And That's I right. can control how I react, what happened to me, and what I do with that. And God has allowed me to get have beauty for ashes from this. He is. Been able to take it and bring it into something else and that's something only god can do from something so horrific so praise god i mean all glory to god for this
2: amen well karen uh give us your uh this your backstory. you know how you know mm-hmm. where you grew up what was your childhood like and kind of give right. us a, a feel of uh, who karen is
0: <laughs> well um i'm a mom and a grandma and a wife i'm your normal every day not the kind of karen that goes around telling you're people not the I'm karen not, i'm not one of those no, no, no. <laughs> um, i spelt with an i so you can find me at karen with an i well um on my website but um i am you know i was in the tech industry i was a geek um i grew up in ohio um and down by the river in the Ohio river and in central ohio we grew up all around the ancient earthworks, um, the uh, serpent mound in Peoples, Ohio. We played on that all the time when we were little and all the different you know, um, we lived by this place they called it growing up, Mound City Um, and it's a huge, they called it the Adena and Hopewell Indian Mounds which we know they, that's not actually. Made up names. Yeah, mm -hmm. those are the farmers in the area but um, so we grew up around all kinds of high strangeness and you know, craziness and um, I was abducted from as early as I can remember my earliest memories are of being taken and being terrified as a little kid, just my, you know, it was, it was terrifying. Um, there was nowhere to hide. You couldn't get away from them. You couldn't do, you know, I wanted, I would always look for places to hide at night. And then I, I write in the book how I thought if I could find a suitcase big enough, I could get in it and zip it up and put it under the bed and maybe they wouldn't be able to find me there, but. You know, I mean, nothing worked, and it was a it was a really hard way to grow up. I think I had my first breakdown when I was about six years old, and they found me and huddled in the corner of a st- bathroom stall at school, and um, I just kept telling my mom I didn't want them to bother me anymore, to touch me anymore, or take me anymore. Well, she thought that meant something else because I didn't have words for it, I and mean, we didn't know what UFOs were or aliens were, or there was we didn't have shows on TV or podcasts or anything. They were just the little people that came and got me. And then the other people that were there, obviously. So it was, it was really hard to, and then I was told not to tell also. So, I mean, I was warned against telling anyone what was happening to me. So I really spent my whole life living a double life, living two lives. One that terrors that were happening to me from these things and the other one where i just tried to live kind of a normal life although i was pretty messed up most of my life so you know
2: but now when you said that they didn't tell or they told you not to tell no it was just the, the the extraterrestrials or your parents
0: oh this yeah sorry i guess i could be more clear so this was the extraterrestrials the alien beings they're okay. non-human entities and um there are lots of different kinds of them but they basically showed me i talked about this in la's movie and in my book a little bit they showed me as a, like a movie what we have today that compares to what they were doing back then is virtual reality so you would see something like you were in it you know when you have you ever put on a vr headset and you mm-hmm. just feel like you're immersed in it and mm-hmm. they showed me my whole family being beheaded in front of me if i told anyone that that's what would happen and I didn't tell anyone. I didn't talk about it because I didn't want to be responsible for harming my harm, coming to my family or my friends. I mean, I was just a little kid. I mean, that was just more than my little psyche could take. And that's about the time I had my little breakdown because I was just like, I couldn't take it. And then I think I just kind of went numb to it after that for a while. Because you just, you, you're, you've kind of, your brain kind of finds a way to deal with things it's like any kind of an abusive relationship or something. You Know you,
2: you figure out how to live with it, and I did that after a while. Now, uh, with your visitations and, and abductions, was this, uh, like a how do I word this? Was it like the same interactions each time? Like when it when they would begin, you, you knew like a like there was a routine to it. I mean, if, if I'm trying to what I'm saying makes sense. Like, was it the same every time? Like, was it the same entity every time? Or was it the same process? Could, you know, could you describe that a little bit?
0: Yeah, know it was different. It was always, you know, I'm, sometimes we're really similar. Sometimes we're very different. Um, you know, especially as I got older, or they were teaching me different things or they were wanting different things for me because, you know, they did a lot of medical type tests on me that I didn't understand. Um, especially as a little kid, you know, things that looked like X looked like X-ray machines or needles. I still have a problem with needles today and I have lots of surgeries and procedures done. So that's not, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes they'd show me movies of catastrophic events on the earth. Well, it seemed like movies. They had these rooms that would just be all it looked like, all oh, just a screen. The whole room is like a screen. I guess we have things like that now we can do, but at the time, you know, there's nothing to compare it to. Um, so it's hard to, you can't explain those things when nothing like that exists. And then I look at our technology today and I'm like, wow, all these things I'd seen when I was little, <laughs> you know, virtual yeah. reality, rooms that were nothing but screens, you know, that look so real, you feel like you're at the beach or something. So, it, you know, it's funny now to see that and, and realize, you know, how, where that probably came from. That so much of our technology has probably come from them because you can't, I mean, our society has gone from, you know, thousands of years of after the flood, I think is when, you know, we we kind of lost all the technology. I write about that too. So I won't get too deep into that, but all of a sudden, after the printing press, everything changed. You know, we went, the last hundred years is crazy amounts of, of, um, you know, just advancement and technology and the sciences and everything it makes yeah. no sense. You know, there's, it just it had to come from somewhere, didn't it? Mm, yeah. So but, there's nothing um, new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. No, nope. I use that quote in my book actually somewhere. Cause I love that because it's true. You know, it's true. It's just the same things happening over and over again. And, and as in the days of Noah, you know, and I really think we're getting back to that type of place again. I mean, look what's now considered acceptable. That wasn't just a few years ago. So it, it's getting pretty crazy out there. Um, but anyway, yeah, they, they kept taking me for all of my life. And there was a brief respite where when I was first born again, and we were you know, very spirit-filled and very excited, baby Christians and all that. And then um, some changes in my life happened and I fell away and it all started happening again. Until I renewed my faith a couple of years ago, and was able to get it back together, and then I met LA, and all of this started. So now, with uh,
2: now with uh, some of the people, they describe you know like insectoid-looking creatures, and then you, you hear about the the, the greys, and just these different, like basically, like there's different breeds, uh, the interactions that you had had, did you, well, which ones were interacting with you? Okay. Like the, describe. Yeah. Them.
0: There are different, lots of different types. Um, I saw humans and I saw alien entities. And, um, I will say right now that I believe that most of the alien entities that we see are fallen. Angelic beings, for lack of a better description, um, like in Genesis 6, like in the books of Enoch and Jasher, like in all the ancient um, texts and scrolls and things, there's so much written about them. And um, I believe that they are fallen angelic beings, except for the grays, the smaller grays that most of us interact with. But I've seen the insecticide looking types. Um, when i was little i called them the corner sitters because they would always be kind of crouched back in a corner somewhere watching everybody and they were super creepy but um i also liked to capture and um get rid of i don't like to ever hurt or harm an animal but when i was little i had zero fear of capturing giant praying mantises and throwing them over the fence because i didn't want them in my yard (laughs) so you know because they look too much like that um I had seen the, um, Nordic types. They were around me quite a bit when I was little. Um, and they were not very nice. They were a lot taller, thinner, very, very fair skinned, blonde hair, looked a lot like my father's side of the family. And because of that, I wouldn't go to any of that side of the family. because I was scared of them from the time I was really little. Um, they couldn't understand why, and I couldn't vocalize why, but that's why. Um, There were the reptilian-looking types. I have not seen a picture that looks like what I've seen. Um, Some of them are kind of close, but no one's really drawn one that looks like what I've seen Um, because I've looked. I'm like, it would be nice to see if anyone else has seen it or been able to draw a picture that's close. I haven't seen that. Um, And then um, the greys. And there are the older, taller greys, which I think are a form of the fallen angelic entities or, you know, the... God created a race before us and that's all through the Bible and some of them fell. And I think these are the ones that have fallen away from God. Um, And then there are the smaller grace, the ones that generally come and take you and that a lot of people have had sightings of. You see a lot about them. When people talk about it, you hear about them in government reports and there was a government report recently and I'll have to look it up because I can never remember. I just found it um, describing them, which fits what I've been um, writing about them. Um, I believe they are a form of avatar body that they use that could be inhabited by any number of things. It could be inhabited by an AI presence that kind of runs it like almost robotic. I believe they can be inhabited by demons and there's a difference between demonic and demons. And the demons that we know about from the Bible, that we know about again from like Enoch and Jasher, where God, when the um, Nephilim, oh yeah, this is, um, talk about the shirt later, but when the Nephilim were destroyed in the flood and God says, yeah, you're neither from heaven nor from earth because they were the progeny of the fallen watchers and the human women of Genesis 6 that talks about, they are the demons that were cursed to roam the earth without a place to go and they need a body to inhabit. And, you know, Jesus casts them out of the pigs, you know, they'll go into animals, they'll go into people. Um, and, uh, so I believe they use the demons to inhabit those, to do their work here on the surface, because I don't think those angelic beings can survive in our sunlight or atmosphere, especially during the day. I think there might be some exceptions at night, but they usually took me underground or underwater or up in the air. So, you know, I don't remember underwater, but I know that people talk about the underwater. But I was always underground somewhere. I don't think they can survive in our atmosphere. And I think that's why they use the greys, quite honestly. So, um, you know, there are d- people um, disagree with me about that. That's fine. But I have, an awful- I have a lot to say about the greys.
2: <laughs> well, the, the title of your book, you know, The Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest, you know, is there uh, anything behind the the title of that?
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, the title of the book refers back to the fact that they're still doing a breeding program. They're still doing a, that they took from me, they stole from me my eggs and um, fertilized those. Um, and I write a lot about that. Um, it was, it's really hard to talk about, but... Um, that I would get pregnant. And then suddenly I wouldn't be pregnant. I'd go to the doctor. It would all be confirmed. The baby be there before the end of the first trimester. It would just be gone. No explanation. I had people say, Oh, it was a hysterical pregnancy. It was confirmed at a doctor's office, you know, or your body absorbed it. Did what when, since when is that a thing? Or, you know, just different things. And I just, it was really hard to deal with. Um, And, but, uh, that is the crux of that, that they're taking ovum from women, the sperm from the men and conducting, you know, these experiments to try to create these hybrid beings. I saw them, um, in there, where they take me in the facilities, which I'm guessing were always underground. Um, it's hard to tell when there's no windows, um there would be rows of nothing but these things that looked like almost aquariums in a wall and in them there would be fetuses of different things that some looked human. Some I couldn't tell some were different sizes and things. You could tell they were different levels, levels of gestation. Um, and they're doing what, what we can do now. I mean, it's called ectogenesis. It's, it's, a growing a baby outside of a human womb. We can do it now. It's all over the news. Um, and I've been seeing that done there. And that's what I believe they did with my babies. So, so that's where the title comes from, because it's not just me. I've talked to so many women who've had this happen. So many women and men who have also been violated for you know their their part in that. And it's terrible
2: what they're trying to do. And the thing is, too, is once again, nothing new is under the sun. Nothing if you new look new back time. to Genesis 6, and I love to, uh, we talked with Timothy Alberino a while back, and he said, people get hung up on verbiage. He
1: yeah.
2: said, no, they're fallen angels. No, they're aliens. He said, if you look at the textbook, you know, God, angels, demons, all, all these things, he said, they are not of this world. He said, so therefore calling them extraterrestrial is not a mislabeling. He said, it's what they are. And he said, in Genesis six, he said, and you got the guys from, uh, ancient aliens. He say that, Oh, we, you know, some extraterrestrials came down, interacted with men, taught them, uh, how to civilize themselves. And, uh, messed with the gene pool so we could evolve and then the biblical narrative is is similar but it's fallen angels came down and had their way with the women and then basically just tried to enslave the people of earth and that's what that was that was a seed war And, and it
0: still is
2: and it's happening now it's just you know different tactics but the same goal
0: Yep. It all goes back to Genesis 3, Genesis 3, 15. And your seed will be at enmity with, with the thy seed will be at enmity with her seed and he will bruise your heel and you will, and he will crush your head. Sorry, I'm saying that completely wrong, but I can look it up because oh, it yeah. I'm terrible at reciting, but where he's talking about um, Jesus and he's talking about, you know, the coming Jesus and the Antichrist and he's saying, you know, and that started the seed war where Satan's like, well, then, if I corrupt this, the line, if I corrupt the godly lines, then they, Jesus won't be born because Jesus had to be born a man. And that goes back to like Timothy Albarino and Birthright. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the things Elie um, Marzulli's has written in Move and Countermove, his books about the fall and about the second incursion. He explains in Counter Move how they came back after the flood and started again, started this whole thing again. And why? Because once Jesus is born okay, now they don't need to corrupt the bloodline. They can't now they corrupt the kill him. To Right. <laughs> so now they need an army because, you know, if a third of them fell, then, you know, they're outnumbered two to one, right? So they need an army. And what can they do with that army? They can mislead people. They can pull people away from the truth. And what can they do with the people they're abducting? They can do what they tried to do with me and what I've seen them do with other people. And I've read about, you know, when you're taken from an early age, you're groomed. You're taught we're the good guys. We're here to help. We're here to save the planet. We're your your ancestral cedars. We're benevolent. No, I'm sorry. You cannot tell me that kidnapping a child, a little girl who's five or six years old to the point that she's having a nervous breakdown at six years old, you want to tell me that's benevolent? Please, there are better ways to get your point across. And taking a woman and raping her or impregnating her and stealing that baby back and just the level of pain and trauma that comes with that, let alone the physical things that happen, not just to me, but to the other people I've known that have been taken. There's nothing benevolent about that. I'm sorry, but if they're so smart and so wonderful and so benevolent, they surely can find a better way to get their message out than to do these terrible things to people. I mean, look at Emile. He was, you know, just a little five, six year old boy and they kidnapped him and implanted him with a, he was, um, the LA showed him on, Oh, which series was it? On the one where they removed the implant from his, um, leg. I mean, you know, these are, these are not the actions of benevolent ancestral cedars. Do you think so? I mean, I don't.
1: My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee, inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed. We wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now from the farm to your coffee cup there's nothing like a good well crafted and bold cup of coffee no matter what time of the day it's there to pick you up motivate you and relax you we hope you enjoy our coffee be bold be humble be kevlar And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. Enjoy.
2: Yeah, And you see it in the Greek myths, too. I mean, you see it in the Bible. You see it uh, with the ancient aliens narrative. And then you look in the, the Greek myths, Zeus and these other gods would come down and just have their way with these women and even rape them. And if they, you know, resisted them, they would go come in the disguise of a a bull or a, a goose and, and steal them away and rape them in their sleep. And you have the the incubi and succubi.
0: Yep. And that's still going on today. I'll tell you. Yeah. And I mean,
2: men you know the the, in their sleep, you know, have a, those quote unquote wet dreams. So they give them a sexual dream. And then when they, they they steal their seed and I mean, yeah, nothing news under the sun and that's just, no. No, it's the same story told over and over again, throughout the history of the world, just different ways of doing it.
0: Right, exactly. And you know, um, for them to say, well, they came and they made us better and they improved us what's improved about us in that have you seen any changes? I mean, I I can't seem to find any concrete e- evidence of that. And I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, show me the proof. I'm not asking anyone to do that. So don't send me emails, please. But what I'm, you know, what I am saying is if you want to, I also don't want to be a part of something where they're offering to change me genetically so that I can live forever. I don't want to live forever. I want to go to be with my creator. I want to live whatever length of life he's chosen for me. And then I want to go be with my creator, period. End of story. I don't want any, I mean, yes, I've had surgeries and yes, I've had things that have saved my life and prolonged my life, but I'm not going outside the norm. I'm not changing my DNA, you know? So, but, and I don't want that kind of thing that is now, you know, out there, the transhuman, you know, the ability to be Changed and upgraded, as it were, to live forever. And then the Bible says, you know, there's a time where men will long for death and it will not, it will flee from them. Yep. And I think that's exactly what that means. I, I agree exactly 100%. So we have to be careful again. Yeah. And then I hear people who say they've been abducted and are saying that it's been this wonderful, beautiful experience. And so i took some time to look into some of those stories to see what was so wonderful and beautiful about it for them you know not one of those stories i looked into sounded wonderful or beautiful to me they still were kidnapped they were still raped they were still implanted they still had all these terrible things happen but they just it was like stockholm syndrome they had and they had excuses for everything that happened to them you know Well, he only hits me because he loves me. I've heard that before. You know, it sounds like an abusive relationship. And and that's exactly what it is because you're, you're programmed and you're trained and you're, and then the Stockholm syndrome just really kicks in, especially, you know, in those situations. So I feel really bad for, for people who have been misled in that way. And I just pray that they'll see, find, find peace and find the truth.
2: Well, you mentioned, um, grooming how you were groomed at a young age, you know, and you see this with, with most, you know, predators, especially, you know, sexual predators. So, and in, in your book, you mentioned a, uh, a care, you had a caretaker or a guardian.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you
2: care to go into that?
0: Sure. Um, there was a, a person who was with me from as early as I can remember. I mean, I, I honestly, you know, From the beginning, he might not have been there every single time, but eventually he was always there, always with me. And as I grew up, it was the same person. And the funny thing is when I started talking about this and a little group of us who um, were of other women who were experiencers as well, they had, they also had one assigned to them. So I call him my handler because for lack of a better word, that's kind of what he was. And he was just always with me. And He was put with me to kind of bond with me, to make me feel safe, to make me feel special, to make me, to help me through, you know, whatever situation we were in at the time um, and create a little, you know, capture bonding, that Stockholm syndrome. Um, And yeah, it's, it's terrible because they use, they know what they're doing from a very early age, that's, I think that's why they start taking children at a very young age, because they can really just bring them in, you know, for so many years until they are just 100% on board with the lie, with the story that they want them to tell. And they're just parroting that out. And I've seen it and it's, it's terrible. And I'm just so grateful that I was saved from that and that I don't have that anymore. But, but, but i felt a true affection towards this man
2: and he appeared human
0: he did most of the time he appeared human once we got very close and affectionate with each other he showed me his true appearance and i was fine with that he appeared as a um reptilian type Is the closest thing i can describe him as you know very flat ears very flat nose very just thin, almost nondescript lips, mouth, you know, um, the total greenish skin scales. I describe it in the book. Um, he was beautiful. I found him really beautiful. I mean, it was, it's crazy. And, and I was talking to my friend Scott about that. And I said, you know, he was beautiful. And he said, well, think about, you know, how Satan was, you know, the most beautiful in the garden. I'm like, I guess that makes sense, you know? And I said, well, they must hate that Satan must hate that he was the most beautiful in the garden and adorned with every precious jewel. And then God went and said, look, I'm going to make a man out of the dirt and the dust. And he's going to be, you know, the heir to my, to my kingdom. He's going to have the birthright. And, um, that must really drive him nuts. But, um, but yeah, so that's what he looked like. He would shape shift for lack of a better word. Um, and, um, in front of me, you know, but they appear as human because it's more comfortable for us that way. Yeah. Which means and, you know, that's not so unusual. It is in the Bible that that happens as well. So I have found references that help make that make sense. Oh, yeah. They eat, and they drink. I mean, yeah, yeah everything we do. So um, I think it would be really easy for them to just blend right in. And we wouldn't know into society and we wouldn't know if there was one. The wheat and the tears. Right. Exactly. And then it says, you know, and even the Bible says, you know, you could be entertaining angels unawares. And I have had positive, good angelic experiences in my life as well. So, you know, I I can tell you, I did not realize they were angels until after the fact. Um, But it was amazing. And um, yeah, so there are good ones and there are bad ones. And you really have to pray for discernment because I'm sure it's really hard to tell
2: what inspired you to, to actually sit down and write the book? Was it a just therapeutic thing? Was it uh, uh, to reach out to others and help others, a little bit of both? or
0: Yeah. You know, I, I never intended to do this. Um, after I did the interview with LA, it was weird because God really put that together. It was all God. And after I did the interview with LA, um God just put it on my heart to write and kept saying write and I'm then I kind of talked about that a little bit in the beginning where I'm like, well, what am I gonna write? you know and God just really put it on my heart to write this and I wrote it you know it was therapeutic for me in a way, but that's not why I wrote it. I wrote it because a couple of reasons um I don't there aren't a lot of i I haven't seen anything quite anyone writing about this this way before Um, and from this perspective. And I want to make it okay to have the conversation that, hey, this has happened to me. I've been abducted by these beings who aren't human and they've hurt me and I want it to stop and I want to heal. And I want to be able to, for people to have that conversation and get the help that they need and be able to stop it. And the only way you can do that is by starting the conversation somewhere. So this is where I'm trying to start that conversation and start making it okay and letting people know, you know, I'm just a normal person. You wouldn't know it to see me walking down the street, you know, that this happened to me. I mean, I have talked to my neighbors about it. It's funny because I'm like, God, you know, it's not something you talk to people about because no one's going to believe you. And they're good people and they're, you know, Christians and, and it was a shock to them. But, you know, they they're okay with it because they know that I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not someone who's out there making up crazy stories. This is really what happened. Um, And I don't, I want it to be okay for people to talk about because there's such a stigma behind it. And look, our government is talking about it. There are TV shows on about it all the time and movies and books and videos and podcasts and everything. You know, it needs to be okay it needs to be okay to come forward and say it happened to me and I need help or I want, I want it to stop. Mm-hmm. And that's why I did it.
2: And like you said, I mean, so this thing now is all in the news. You know, you've got mm-hmm. government officials and Congress meetings about it. It's all over CNN, MSNBC, Fox, everywhere. But it's funny that just, you know, back in the 1940s, if you talked about this stuff, you were, uh, you know, you were high, you know, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist, or you're, you're just seeking attention, you know, but, and, but going back to the forties, you know, in your book, you mentioned two dates that stand out, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned Roswell in 1947 and then the the Granada treaty, Mm -hmm. um, explain, uh, your thoughts on those and how did that, uh, affect where we're at now
0: yeah i wrote about those because it shows two things one it shows that the government's been involved in this for much longer than you know most people realize two it shows they've been lying about it for a very long time and three it, it it shows that people have known about this for a long time and um and that there is excuse me, there is proof out there that this is going on. Um, when you think about um, the Granada Treaty, you know, it may not, you know, Truman or Eisenhower, however, you know, there were a couple of presidents over that time and that's when the Majestic 12 was formed. And, you know, at some point, someone somewhere along the line agreed to let them take people and take animals. I mean, look at cattle mutilations. Oh my goodness. You should have LA on to talk about LA Marzulli to talk about his cattle mutilations movie. If you haven't seen it, it, it's shocking. It is really shocking. Um, but, um, you know, someone somewhere along the line gave them permissions. And I know you know, Vicki Joy Anderson, and she talks a lot about those permissions, you know. It's just like the, um, the vampire on the threshold, you know. Even so Jesus, you,
2: have, you gotta invite you to, him in.
0: You have to invite him in, right. And even these things need an invitation. Someone has to, has to, give the permissions. And so, and the other thing was Roswell. Cause you know, when, when that crash happened and there were more than one crash at that time, but for that particular one, at first there was one newspaper article headline that said this happened. And then they're like, nope, take that one down. Now put up a different one that says something completely different. And then you get all these years later and, and the government's like, no, we're not looking into it. No, we don't have any projects. No, we're not investigating UFOs. And then what happens in December of 2017? Oh, well, yeah, we are investigating UFOs. Uh, Mm. Yeah.
2: We've got Um, craft, we've got
0: beams. And then every, it's always something new. It's like one lie after another. And then they go back and they're like, oh yeah, well we lied about that. Well, they don't say we lied about that. They say, oh, well yeah, really we are. We protected you from that. It was a secret. Yeah. It's like, what are you protecting us from? You know and i think the only way we're going to get disclosure is if one lands on you know everybody's front lawn and they have no choice because and i don't think we'll ever get full disclosure honestly in my opinion because i mean they're doing a certain level of they're, you know, they're doing a certain level of showing us what's what's happening but preconditioning. <laughs> yeah but if they were to do full disclosure they'd have to admit their involvement in it because from the time i was little and i know that these things can shape shift okay i get that But there were humans there who clearly weren't shapeshifters, who clearly weren't angelic beings, who were clearly fallible. And, you know, you can see somebody trip or blow their nose or something like that. You know, they're just human things that these beings don't do. So there were humans involved from as long as I can remember. I mean, I just always thought everybody, you know, you grow up like this. You think everybody knows about it and, and, or, you know, and every, and that they're just not supposed to talk about it or not everybody, but you think at least a lot more people than you would imagine do. So they're not going to admit to that because they'd have to admit to what they knew and what they've done and what they've allowed to happen, which is heinous and horrible. And to admit that goes back to admitting that the Bible is real, right? So when you actually admit who and what these things are, you're proving the Bible to be true. And when do they want to do that? you know i don't expect to see that anytime soon
2: so and there's always that trade even with the biblical narrative when the the men gave their daughters to these Mm -hmm. beings all of a sudden like lamech prime example his daughter was named nama which means calmly and beautiful and that's what genesis 6 says that the, the the angels seen that the the daughters of men were beautiful you know and fair and then all of a sudden, just like that, Lamech's sons start blowing up in uh, knowledge of metalworking and, and all these things. So it right. was the trade of technology for, for, for women and for DNA. Right. And
0: knowledge. you have the same right.
2: thing here. You know, like you said, you know, from the 1950s to present day was the biggest explosion of advancement okay. in technology that we, this world's ever seen.
0: right the last 70 years 80 100 years it's incredible i mean i know that they don't the powers that be the companies and everybody behind the technology don't tell us what they have until after they've had it for a while yeah
2: probably 10 20 years behind
0: yeah but still it's just it's too much too fast it doesn't make sense unless there's help unless they're getting help somewhere i mean you go back even to the nazis and to hitler and to how, how did he get all the stuff that he got and all the information and all the, you know, he made a deal with somebody, you know, deal with the devil. Um, you know, and that's, that's not unheard of. There's a reason we have all these phrases. There's a reason that people get super popular or, you know, different things happen. There are powers and forces beyond what we understand.
2: Mm, definitely. 100%. And the Bible definitely. tells you that too. And that's, And I think these conversations are good for the people that has had these experiences, but I think they're just as important, if not even sometimes more important for the people that's not witnessed these things, that has not went through these things because there's a, you know, a cognitive dissonance, you know, there's a disconnect from it. Oh no, that that's just too far out there and no aliens are not real. And then what happens? is just like the book of revelation says, you know, my, uh, even the elect shall be fooled. And then all of a sudden here, these, you know, uh, extraterrestrials show up and yeah, we've been here the whole time. We're the ones that populated you have been helping you along. You know, some people call us God, some people, you know, call us this or that, but it, it, we're them. And here, here, here's your upgrade for the next evolution. And it's really the mark. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, but it's, there's some it's kind true. of
2: situation like that, you know, and if w- the body of Christ is not talking about these things and wrapping their head around these things, then they're going to be, they're going to be deceived.
0: Right. Exactly. I agree. I mean, for a couple of reasons, you know, if you, number one, if someone comes to you and says that something like this, that they've been taken, listen to them, you know, give them an ear as, as a Christian, as a brother, as a sister, as a person with, who cares, you know, with some empathy, listen to them and, and just give them, you know, pray with them, help them in any way you can. And the other thing is these things are in the Bible and it tells us that these things are going to continue to happen and going to happen in the end times. And I do believe we're in the end days. I do believe that we're in those times and, um, and that, like you said, even the most elect would be dis- deceived. Yeah. I always tell people if I go missing, I wasn't taken by aliens for enlightenment training. Okay. I was taken in the rapture. <laughs> you know, it's a very different thing, but you know, that's easily what they could say happens yeah. when we all disappear. Oh, well, we took them off to Zeta Reticuli or wherever to, for, you know, retraining and upgrades and what have you. And, or maybe you know their upgrades made them unsuitable for this environment, so we put them in a new one, or what have you. You know, there's just so much, so much deception out there. So, and as, as Christians and as people, we should be informed. All the information is there, and yeah, cognitive dissonance just turns so many people away from what's real. And this is real. This is real stuff. The Bible is cool.
2: And the thing is, too, is the more I've studied you know i mean i grew up as a christian my whole life i I was in church every sunday wednesday till the time i was probably 12 13 years old and thought i knew everything about the bible (laughs) and then 2012 happened and you know like you'd said you know it's like god lights a fire under your butt man it's like this unquenchable thirst that you got to just learn all these things and you find out about genesis 6 and fallen sons of God, Deuteronomy 32 right. and the, at the tower right. of Babel that he divided the nations amongst the sons of God. That's why you have so much evil and yep. just all these different things. And like you said, it's the most supernatural book and true book that we got, but the church and 80 to 90% of Christians don't even realize the supernatural and spiritual battlefield that their feet step on every single day.
0: You know, and I wish they did because I think it would help a lot of people um, avoid a lot of trauma and a lot of pitfalls and a lot of bad things in their lives. But the Bible is full of this. I mean, it explains UFOs and even God comes down in pillars of fire and chariots of fire. And, you know, there's just so much really amazing so many amazing descriptions anyway yeah it's just the bible's full of explanations of uh, amazing uh ships coming and going with fire in the sky and you know things like that and and that's why i like this shirt this asked me about the nephilim shirt came from ryan peterson because most people don't know what a nephilim is yeah so they asked me and people, are like, what's a nephilim i'm like wow it's amazing how many people don't know that word yeah you know it should just it should be second nature for everyone because we've got modern-day nephilim all over the place. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, who knows? I mean, your neighbor could, you know, be a nephilim. I'm not saying they are. Please don't, you know, please don't say that. But um, you just don't know. I mean, our our time is the days that we live in are incredible. There's so much supernatural going on around us. People see UFOs all the time now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I've always seen them all over the place. I've seen them everywhere I go. Um, there's almost always one outside every night and then some nights they're really close and I know they are, I'll get terrible headaches. I'll know they're out there. I'll just be up all night praying. Um, I had that happen a couple nights ago and then, um, you know, some friends of mine confirmed that they had seen some things. I'm just like, I just always know when they're there, they're just, they're terrible. They, they still torment try to torment me. They still come at me. They've offered me, you know, the, if to get my pain to go away and to be successful and all these other things, I'm like, I I don't want that. I want, you know, I do want my pain to go away. I do want, you know, good things in my life, but I have good things in my life because I'm saved. You know, I have that free gift of salvation that comes without any strings and that's what I want. And that's what I have. And I'm happy with that. So leave me alone. Don't offer me. I don't want any more of your offers, you know, and, And, um, they're not happy that I'm doing this. I will tell you that.
2: Well, if you don't um, mind me asking, um, you said that you finally got the, the visitations and and them taking you to stop, uh, Mm -hmm. how long has it been since the last time you were taken and how did you stop that?
0: I don't know exactly how long it's been, but I stopped it by, um, the name of Jesus by saying you have no authority. You have no authority over me in the name of Jesus, you know, go away in the name of Jesus. It's not that they haven't tried, but they haven't, um, sorry, they haven't, uh, been able to take me, but they've definitely tried the, um, gosh, last time they were outside the window was just a couple of months ago. And I just rebuked them and was like, you know, let nope, that's just go. Um, mm. I can't remember exactly when the last time I was actually taken was, though. And I may not remember because before I renewed my faith, you know, sometimes they take you and they shut you off. So yeah, I don't have memories of every time I was taken, just some of them. So,
2: and which so, I've heard yeah. some people talk about, they think that it's a uh, like a memory wipe.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: they'll uh, remember yeah. being taken and then like uh, it's like it's a blackout. And then they right. basically just, you know, give them brain fog and just delete the the, the memories.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, LA calls it UFO brain fog because mm-hmm. sometimes when you see one or something, you'll realize, oh my gosh, you know, there's something there. And then, you know, you'll, you won't pull out your camera. You won't rebuke it. Always rebuke first. Ask questions later. I know it's exciting. You think it might be exciting when you see one you want to capture on video to share. Rebuke first. Please rebuke first if you're listening to me. Um, But yeah, they they wipe your memories. And what I'm finding though, with me and with some of my friends who have been taken as well, because we compare notes a bit, is that some of those uh, screen memories or some of the, um, just the wiping your memory thing that they do are wearing off. I don't know if it's as the veil is getting thinner, that that is also... Wearing up you know, getting thinner too, but I'm remembering, you know, to some degree I'm remembering more and more because I'm allowing myself to, and I'm not as traumatized by it. But it also, I think, I, th- I think the veil is thinning and I think that includes the blocks that they were able to put in front of our memories. And I think more and more people might start remembering. And if they do, that's when we as Christians need to be ready to be there for them. Because if people start remembering the number of people that have been taken, that's going to be highly traumatic. There's going to be a lot of people who need help and need prayer if that happens. And I really think that's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, but, um, I just want to ask
2: you this and, and if you're not comfortable talking about it, you just tell me and I'll strike all this. But I remember seeing uh, in LA's film that he'd done with you on uh, your interview, you had talked about, you know, y- your eggs and, uh, and children being taken Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, thought you've seen them before or bumped into them? Do you oh, think they're still out there?
0: Um, yeah, I've seen them. I, um, I prayed a lot about this because I thought for a while, because they were part me, that maybe I could save them. I could help them. I could, you know, they would be redeemable. And I kind of have said before, and I regret saying this, that, I, you know, when I've said I thought they weren't redeemable, it's not that I was making that choice. It's that the God was telling me that. Okay. So I'm not choosing whether someone or something is redeemable or not, can be saved or not. Let's get that out there right now. Um, I was married at the time when I had these pregnancies. So it wasn't unusual. It wasn't strange that I got pregnant. It wasn't like it was some divine conception. Okay. I expected that I could get pregnant. Um, I was with somebody at the time, um, but I did see these children and I think God allowed them to come into me, to my room. They came into my room one night and I thought it was my own children because they had a, they looked similar and, um, they came into my room one night. I think God allowed that because I needed to, that closure on that. And I, I was wanting them to come to me, but I was resisting that pull that urge so when they showed up i woke up and it was dark it was really dark and it was very dark around them it was almost extra dark where they were in the room um they were shorter and stockier than my kids they had a similar they had features that look so they look like because i said when, it, when i woke up and they were standing there there were three of them and i said one of my kids names my i think my youngest maybe um and like so and so, i'm not going to say his name here but what are you doing what's wrong you know because i'm used to but my kids are all grown up right and they're but they're still sometimes here you know they come and go and one of them was living here at the time so i was like what are you doing you know what's wrong and then i realized there were three of them and then i realized they were too short and and my and too you know robust to be my kids and their eyes were just black 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 Mm -hmm. um and just i just felt the most You know, when I look at my kids, I'm with my kids. All I feel is love and just, you know, it's wonderful. I felt nothing but evil coming off of them. It was just, it was just the most ugly, evil, there are not words to describe. It's the opposite of good and the opposite of love. You know, it was just the polar opposite of that. It was terrible. And they wanted me to come with them. And I resisted that. And that pool, and I was just so in the moment of looking at them and just, oh my gosh, these are my kids, right? That I wasn't thinking to rebuke. I wasn't thinking the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden they're trying to get me to go with them. And I'm like, no, in Jesus name, no, finally, you know, I say the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus. I realize that Jesus has the authority, not me, but through me. And that was, it. and they were gone. They're gone like that. Now, were they like audibly
2: talking to you, asking you to come with them or just reaching for you or?
0: No, they were, they were um, just like the telepathy type talking. Everybody calls it telepathy, but I don't think that's what, it's just, you can hear their voices, it's just in your head. Um, And uh, my husband was just out cold. I was trying to get him to wake up and I couldn't get him to wake up and... And they were wanting me to come with them and they, they were pulling me off the bed, but not with their hands, like trying to levitate me off the bed. I could feel my body start to levitate up off the bed. And I was just like, uh-uh, you know, not doing this anymore. I don't have to go with you anymore. You know, I stopped this. And mm-hmm. I think it was just two things, maybe a last ditch effort to get me back on board the benevolent oh, ancestral yeah. alien train by- Tugging on your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Because I will adopt anything that walks by, okay? I have more kids and animals that call me mom than, you know, than I can count. And I'm happy about that. I love that. And I think I think some of that might be because I had lost so much that I'll take anything that needs a mom. Because I realize how hard it is to lose a child and a child not to have a mom or whatever. Then for me, that's, that's heartbreaking. Um, and an animal, you know, there's cats walking all over this place that I didn't pick out (laughs) and that's okay but yeah so that was that was really weird but I think God let me um, experience them so that I would know that it's okay let them go and I was able to really pray about that and feel a sense of calm about that and a sense of finality and letting them go if there's something redeemable then that's between God and them but not me It's not my place. So, so, Well, you um,
2: mentioned there was three. Um, Was one of those twins or or was your pregnancy and then then loss of pregnancy, was it on three separate occasions?
0: I've had a lot of lost pregnancies. I mean, I've had like three very confirmed, but many others in between there. I mean, I just stopped going to the doctor after a while because, you know, until it was just – happening all the time. So, um, I just stopped going. So I have no idea how many I had and if any of them were twins or, and my daughter-in-law tells me that once I told her I was, and I must've been, I don't know. I don't remember telling her this. She's like, yeah, you told me once that you had, had twins that were lost. And I'm like, really, how can I not remember telling you that? You know, it was so weird, but, um, I unless she misheard me, I don't know. Um, but, uh, or unless she heard something from someone else, you know what I mean? But somewhere in there, she's got, got that information and I'm not sure where, cause I don't ever remember telling her that cause I don't know that myself. So, um, but yeah. I don't know, I don't know how many there were, but there were three that night. So I know there are three for sure. And I knew there were definitely more than that as far as the pregnancies that I lost. So it's crazy. And it's not
2: just me. I mean, there's so many women who have the same story. Yeah. I mean, so I've never been a coincidence theorist. That's, you know, even with the, like we talked about earlier, the histories, just seeing the same storyline, just with different mm-hmm. names and right caveats. I mean,
0: right it's it's hard to believe i know it's hard for people to believe but when you see this stuff with your own eyes i'm i'm telling you and i hope that people don't see this with their own eyes and you don't have to believe me i have nothing to gain by sharing the story i have nothing to gain by telling everyone about this um personally but what i do have to gain is helping people or making it okay to talk about and i'm totally cool with that so that's what i'm trying to do but it's okay if you don't believe me you don't have to Um, all I know is what happened to me and that's what I'm going to continue to talk about and that the Nephilim are real and that there are modern day Nephilim, you know, out there now and that, you know, we've got to wake up and start realizing what's really happening in this world. I mean, I think people are slowly starting to wake up now with all the government, you know, special, um, meetings they're having and then with the, the, uh supposed quote unquote i'm going to put it in quotes alien mummies um <laughs> that came up <laughs> i don't we probably don't even want to get started on that one That's <laughs> a whole nother conversation for another day but oh my gosh that was a little crazy um and like i said you know i'm the kind of person who just counts what someone says but um yeah, especially with the government
2: of- yeah i mean yeah I Trust. i'll make it the joke all the time you know yeah I trust your government Cause it worked great for the Indians.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. And you
2: know, if, they're, if they're telling you, in. if they're coming out and telling you about aliens and, and craft and things like that, well, in the very least they knew about it in Roswell, 1947. So it took them 70 years to finally tell you the truth. So right. what makes you think anything's changed? So, you know, they ain't telling you everything
0: no they're definitely not and that's why i bring it up in the book i mean the, the proof is there they've been changing their story over and over and over again you can only keep changing your story i call it changing your story they say oh yeah well we're not doing this oh wait we are oh, we're not doing that oh wait we are they're that's called a lie mm-hmm. um and they so they keep lying over and over again and then you so you have the government admitting that they've got these things the government admitting that they're real you've got people on both sides of the equation us you know knowing that these are fallen angelic beings you've got people on the kind of ancient alien side saying these are benevolent space brothers but we all know that they're there and that they're real but then somehow there are still people out there who are saying this is all a mental delusion on my part and none of these things have ever happened to me or anyone else so the government is delusional too And all these videos we have, what are those? Are those delusional? How, how can you, what about the marks that have been left on my body? What, what about the doctors who are saying, ma'am, I don't know where your baby went. How is that delusional? I mean, I don't, I'm sorry, and I'm getting on my soapbox here. But before you go victim shaming people, maybe you should spend a little bit of time with those people and listen to them and listen to what happened to them because there are way too many of us who have been through this to discount it as some kind of a mental uh, making it up in our mind. We can't all make up the same story in mind. okay, maybe we could, I guess if we were given a script, but we haven't been and we all have the same darn story. And it's not benevolent space brothers <laughs> and that's my soapbox and i'm not getting off of it I'm not <laughs> you going go. to. And you'll have to, you will have to push me off of it i'm not going to deny my lord and savior i'm not going to deny what i know is the truth and like i said if you want me off the soapbox you'll have to push me off into my coffin because uh, this is what i'm going to do and this is what i feel led to do and that's why i wrote this book because i think it's important i think it's important to share this
2: it's, it's very <laughs> I'm sorry important. justin No, it's very important. Sorry that I went on. No, it's like (laughs) Esther.
0: Esther, (laughs) yeah.
2: In such a time as this.
0: Such a time as this, exactly. I mean, and there aren't a lot of women doing this kind of thing. You know, it was just at the Prophecy Watchers Conference, and everyone there is so lovely. And I met the most wonderful people, but there were very few women. There were some. But there are very few women, just like in the Bible, you know, there are very few women that you hear of and very few women, you know, telling their story or with the book out there or, you know, whatever. But there were some amazing women there working and I applaud them. Oh my gosh, I met some of the most amazing people, men and women. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not, it, it, it's not something I've found a lot of people doing. Um, and uh, so it's hard to find friends in this field because there aren't a lot of people doing it. I'm kind of alone right now. And, and that's okay. I hope other people will step up, share their stories, write their stories, talk about their stories. You know, I mean, you can send me a message through my website and I will get back to you as soon as I can, as soon as I can, because it's important. It's really important. It is. But,
2: <laughs> <And> thank you. <laughs>
0: Sorry to go on on. I no, I sp- do. You- i'm
2: sorry oh i said and thank you like i said at the beginning of the show you know these are these are very difficult and traumatic things that you've experienced repeatedly over and over again in your life so uh i applaud you for stepping out in obedience and and i applaud you for your bravery and your transparency Uh,
0: thank you so much Mm -hmm. and when god tells you when the holy spirit god leans on you and tells you to do something and yes i stepped out in Mm -hmm. obedience that that push to do something, that leading to do something, is so strong. You can't. You almost can't resist it. No, I don't think I could have resisted it if I tried, honestly. And I guess that's because I love the Lord so much, and I want. I want to someday hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant." I want to have many crowns to lay at His feet, you know. But um, you know, it's really hard to resist that leading when you when when you have that but um, well for those probably.
2: that uh, do want to seek you out that has questions or find your uh, your books or your material because you also write uh, for LA in his uh, newsletter if I'm
0: yep.
2: remembering correctly yes. just uh, yep. give everybody uh, a plug where they can find uh, websites, emails, socials, how they can find sure. you
0: yep you can find me um, my website is karenwilkinsonauthor.com and instead of spelling it out um, maybe you can put it in the show notes yes. is that possible? Okay. and then the book right now is for sale exclusively at lamarzuli.net and again I won't spell that because it's easier to just put in the show notes I'm going to come up with a shorter website name that will link into the same something that's easier because I realized my name was very long and spelled differently to most so that can be a problem um, also you can find me on Facebook Um, and again, it's just my name, Karen Wilkinson on Facebook. Um, and I can give you links to all those things to put in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, you can send me an email through my website or you can send me a message through Facebook. Sending me an email through the website is the best way because sometimes I miss those messages on Facebook because I just get overwhelmed with messages on Facebook sometimes. And I do try to look at every one of them that comes through, um, but I'm only one person. I don't have a staff, you know, you know, you don't write a book to make a bunch of money. You write a book to help people. And, um, so I can't afford people to go through my messages. I'm, I'm sure you understand that. Um, but um, yeah, you can find me at those places and um, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll work on having another uh, website address for you for the show notes as well. That's an easier one to get to. Um, and then if I will, I don't have my schedule up right now, but I will have a schedule of, I won't be anywhere, I don't think, for the rest of the year, but I will have a schedule of where I'll be for next year and where I'll be signing, doing book signings and that type of thing. We'll, We'll be selling wherever L.A. Marzulli is going, since my book is through his publishing company, usually. Sometimes I'm at those events and that's where I'll be signing and we'll be selling the books as well. So I really look forward to seeing people at those events because that is the best way to meet people in person and have a chance to talk and pray together and, and get to know people.
2: Mm, yeah. Once you once you go to these yeah. conferences, uh, oh, you get the bug.
0: You do. I could just do nothing but that. Just go from one to another and meet people and talking to people. I think we were putting in 18-hour days and I just was never tired because you're so just hyped up. up in the spirit. Just, into it yeah right and then you get home and you sleep for like 12 hours straight that's fine you know
2: but once again the name of the book is the stolen seed the evil harvest
0: stolen seed evil harvest yeah and it's available again exclusively right now at la's website there it is or you can see it behind me too i keep forgetting i have Mm -hmm. it on the screen so i'm just so blessed oh my gosh god has just it's god is amazing god is good yes (laughs) So including you, Justin, meeting you has been um, honestly just such a wonderful experience. We've gotten to know each other and texting and talking has just been great. And I'm just so happy that you're my friend. I know I've got a lifelong friend with you and looking forward to talking again soon.
2: Oh, definitely. We will definitely have part two coming.
0: So I look forward to talking to you soon and uh, take care, everybody, and be blessed and look up for him, not them.